Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, welcome back to the Declassified UFO Files, the Blue Book Sessions. This is episode 6, Green Fireballs, or was it? Yeah, the Green Fireballs. I do apologize for the sound for the previous episode. I have been not found guilty by the government for anything wrong. They have actually figured out that I haven't been doing anything wrong at all. They just think that me recording these podcasts, especially the U.S. government, for whatever reason, thought it was against national security. But, thankfully, all they did was have a question, like, just ask me a few questions on why I'm doing it. And I even said, these files have been declassified for many, many years. Why is this a problem now? They didn't really explain themselves well, and I said, unless you're going to be imprisoning me for a long time, I suggest you let someone who is not even an American citizen, who's only stepped in your country twice, twice, both times never caused any trouble whatsoever, to let them go and go about their daily business. Doesn't help that after that I had to self-isolate for two weeks. But that is beside the fact. This episode deals with the so-called green fireballs that, uh, that with the, the synopsis here, it says, After mysterious green fireballs nearly caused a nuclear disaster during a weapons test, Dr. Hynek and Captain Quinn must investigate how this could have occurred, each with altering theories as to what's really going on. And this happened over several military bases, but this one that they used was the White Force Missile Testing Base in Nevada, which is actually, if I recall correctly, known as the White Sands Missile Facility in Utah, I think? White Sands Missile. Just give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, White Sands Missile Range. It is in New Mexico, actually. Not Nevada like a lot of them assume, but it was established as the White Sands Proving Ground in 1945. Maybe, okay, it was on July 9th, so this is about two years before Roswell and... Around four weeks before Hiroshima occurred, like the like the attacks on Hiroshima and um, what was the other one? The attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I just. That was many, 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 many years ago. So, really... I can't tell you much about that, but that happened around the same time. So when it did happen... Trust me, that was quite the thing to occur. But either either way, there is an incident that happens on this base where there's a few gentlemen just chatting while they're on their way to set up the ordinance for the test. They see that the missile has just started to launch itself without anyone in the head in the main part of the base knowing what's going on exactly everyone starts to panic 
they evacuate and then they see that it stops itself at like one and just aborts itself and then out of the nowhere these two men who thought one of them like one of them thought that praying would help it abort see some green fireballs as they see these fireballs they just think what the hell is going on meanwhile Heineck has been very, very restless for the past couple of weeks, ever since the Fuller incident that caused him to deal with him invading his home and threatening his wife and seeing him burn himself alive. He's been very restless, hasn't been able to sleep well. He hasn't, like, he's been very, very frustrated about it. He's been snapping at his wife. Um, even more so, he went behind the general's backs to get something approved by secretary fairchild who says you know what you're going to new Me- you're going to nevada now to deal with the situation and figure this out while also testing to see if those will like those meteors or whatever will show up again so meanwhile when they do that they also have them like it looks like um from the looks of things that Quinn and Heineck are almost at odds with one another, but they're not intentionally at odds with each other. Mostly because when they see that they talk to the gentleman, they investigate and they go to the range themselves. They notice someone that shouldn't be there because he doesn't have any clearance. A Master Sergeant Rizzuto who was there and he didn't seem very, very honest with his story because he apparently he was there the night before because this girl heard about the green fireballs and wanted to see it this and that and he's on the like he's on the spot of he's in the area of the base where he doesn't have any clearance and he just works in the motor pool meanwhile when that after that interrogation happens heineke quinn are approached by secretary fairchild who's talking to them saying that the generals don't know anything about it Quinn is a little upset with Heineck because of this. Like, he went to went behind their backs when sooner or later something's going to happen because of that. Which will probably, discuss, will probably be discussed with Heineck getting fired and probably jailed because he went behind the backs of two of the most... Like, two of the men in the top, like top part of the Pentagon, the top ladder of the Pentagon, like... The most highest ranking generals in the, in, the, in the Pentagon. So it's not good, honestly. And, um, well, there wasn't much else they could really do. They decided to do the tests. Quinn Black, like, uh, Quinn decides to go and do some more investigating about Rizzuto while Heineck does the experiments himself. Writes a report after he blacks out and sees the man in black who he's been seeing the past couple of times during these objectives. Susie and Mimi, on the other hand, are back in Ohio. They're talking. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Susie tries to get a little bit more deeper info. And her so-called husband, her, I guess, handler, is trying to get her to back off or whatever or say... We're almost done. We got to move out of Ohio now and do a new assignment for the KGB. But she's saying, I have time. I like, Give me more time. I have something concrete, possibly. And when she's going through that, she's going through all this stuff. She notices 
someone who's really not much of a no- like anyone it's just a neighbor from next door who um catches them talking or whatever so it's not a big big deal but it's still problematic to the operative himself instead of Susie Susie just kind of plays it off like it's nothing and Mimi and Susie talk they go into Alan's office look around try and figure something out after all this is happening Quinn and Hynek are discussing the operative like the operation they're getting shut down being moved back to like getting sent home because of Heineck's actions. And Dr. Heineck shouldn't have been doing that anyways. Going behind his going behind the backs of Fairchild and like going behind the journal's backs with Fairchild. But he did anyways. I don't know why he did, but he did anyways because he felt there wasn't really much going on that could help him, I guess. Which understandable, but still, he could have just done something about it, but he did not. And that's what really bugs me a little bit about it. But, at the end of the day, there isn't much else we could do much about it, honestly. But, even then, it's one of those things that we have to deal with. So, when that's happening, they find out that Rizzuto was actually a KGB sleeper agent. Who might have been doing some search, like some work for the Soviets on U.S. military soil. And... Quinn is assuming something maybe uh, like maybe worse than they expect. And Harding and Valentine are just trying to calm him down a little bit and saying, no, 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 just relax. There might be more afoot here. Let's just relax and stay calm here. And so they do, and they do that. Heineck finishes off his report and sends it to Valentine saying, you know what? It was just nothing but meteors after meeting with the man in black in a church again saying... All these things and even discovering a key that I guess he left Hardy and Valentine not even knowing about it. So when he returns home, he talks to Mimi and apologizes for everything that went on during the whole episode and during everything else that's happening the past little while since he started his new job at Blue Book. He even apologizes again and just he says, we're going to work together. There's no more secrets, but you got to keep this a secret. Don't even tell Joel or anyone. It's going to be us too. No one else is going to know about this. And he finds a, he found a key that may be able to help solve this riddle of sorts that he's dealing with. And the episode just kind of ends on that. With also Susie having to dispose of uh, Donna's body, I guess. Because of the operative apparently assassinating her. I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. If Mimi's going to become suspicious or whatever. I don't know. I just know the next episode is called The Scoutmaster. And we're already halfway through the series, ladies and gentlemen, of this season. Which is good. I will continue this season. I will continue with season two when it comes to season two later on. But that will happen in the near future. I'm not going to stop recording podcasts, mind you. But this will be once season one of this is wrapped up. I will continue with season two. I won't, I won't release them right away, but I'll give myself a little bit of time to let them sink in and work on them. I'll record them and then release them when I'm ready to release them. But until then, that's a different story. I should finish this podcast up with my final thoughts on this episode, The Green Fireballs. 
My rating for the green fireballs, if I'm honest, is a 7 out of 10. Now, it's not the best episode so far this season, but it's been enjoyable. I preferred the first episode a little bit more just because it gave us everything that we needed to know. Mostly about Mimi, about Susie, a little bit about Captain Hynek. Well, not Cap- Captain Quinn and Dr. Hynek. A little bit about the generals, Valentine and Harding. And kind of gave us a good background on what's going to be going on. Because it is about conspiracies and a little bit of historical period fiction. So there is that. That is a plus in my books. But... Overall, so far, I'm impressed. I'm hoping that the next couple of episodes will really sit, let me sink my teeth into this. Because so far, I've been enjoying it, but I'm hoping that the next season, even though it's its last season, sadly, spoiler alert, I'll talk about that in a later episode. I can definitely say that this show so far has been great. I can't wait to watch the rest of them and then continue on with my search for the truth. Hopefully, by the end of this season, we can find out what's really going on with Susie and that KGB operative and everything else that's going on with Valentine and Harding. Hopefully. If we cannot, then hopefully season two will give us some more. If not, then I don't know what to say. Hopefully, this season, like this series, does not do what some shows have done in the past where they just kind of say, fuck off, give you a bit of a cliffhanger and say, fuck you. I hate that. Now, hopefully, the U.S. military or the Canadian military slash government, like the U.S. and the Canadian government, don't come after me for the next couple of episodes. Hopefully not, because I don't want to be on the run. I don't want to be a fugitive. But if I find myself in an area where I have to be safe, in a public place instead of in my own home, then... For those episodes, I will apologize severely if that becomes the case, ladies and gentlemen. Now, until next time, this is me, Scott Butson, signing out. End transmission. Oh, I didn't end it. Whoops.